This episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. $5 OTP backers get instant access to every episode of our monthly exclusive bonus show, Cinema Swirl, where Kevin and I review bad movies. In our most recent episode, we just watched Dumb and Dumber 2, which, whoa boy, was a particularly bad movie. There's already 43 episodes up there at the moment. At time of recording, you'll get access to those straight away. There's a new one every month. If that sounds interesting to you, then head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl. Right, let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Hop along now, Tony Hawks, with your skateboard tricks. It's episode number <laughs> 96, coming to you from the pearly gates of heaven. See what I did there? Yeah. Rackets, Hollywood, California. It's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, saddled up with my OTP, Sam Chaplin, to look at some of the movies he's never seen. Hello, Sam. Hello. If I die before I wake, at least you're my mate. Um, that worked better in my head, but here we are, skateboarding through heaven. Thank you. There we go. And I don't want Tony to be listening now and thinking, well, sure, that's me done. Eternal bliss lies away for me. <laughs> I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't speak to it, Tony. I don't actually know. It was just a fun rhyme was all it was. Yep. Sam, this is the first time ever, ever in the history of Cinema Swirl, I believe. Ever. Where this episode is purely a reaction to another episode. And I've heard that each new reaction has an opposite other reaction. <laughs> So what yeah. led us to this? <laughs> I'm not sure I've heard that. But <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. That, that's the, what yeah. led us to, to this non-voted special episode of Cinema Swirl? Well, over on Cinema Swirl at patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl, we reviewed Dumb and Dumber 2. Dumb and Dumber 2, the sequel to Dumb and Dumber. And, you know, mild spoiler alert for how we felt about that film in that episode. <laughs> mild. We hated it. We had a really bad time and it made us kind of sad about movies. I tell you this will spoil it for you good and yeah. proper don't even think about going over to that patreon or i'm gonna spoil <laughs> well, it so much now think about it a bit <laughs> well maybe give it a little bit of thought. yeah but but i felt so strongly about dumb and dumber 2 mm. that i'm actually now officially embarrassed about how i felt about dumb and dumber 1 wow like i want to go back to that guy and be like you don't know how oh, good no. you have it yeah you don't know how good you have it mm. and i'm not gonna lie we had one or two hiccups between now and then when yes. we were going to record and we had some plans that went awry because there was construction noises and we weren't able to record which meant we had a little bit of a period of time where the last yes. thing i'd seen for cinema swirl our sam had seen for cinema swirl extended universe bracket swell was dub and dumber too mm. and the problem with that is is that wound has festered now yes Yes, it has. It's not a good thing. I'm film sick. I've, I'm sick. I feel sick. It's weird coming back to this. I, I'm sort of, ah, what, what am I trying to say here? 
Dumb and Dumber 2 created a kind of sense of dread that's kind of hovering yeah. over the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really worth like tuning in over at patreon.com forward slash cinemas world just to hear the kind of effects take course and, and sink into Look, us. And, I didn't think us. a podcast could cause the physical sensation of a hangover, but yeah, it has. It has. And here's something I've just realized as well. Since Dumb and Dumber 2, I think I've, I've been chain watching movies. Like right. every other night, I'm like, let's watch a movie, Joe. Let's watch a movie because I'm just trying to wash this fucking swill out of my mouth now and it yeah. still has time we went on a long summer walk the other day mm-hmm. and joe asked me that why did she she asked me about dumb and dumber too and yeah. then i was like oh you don't want to know and she's like well what was it why was it so bad and then i was like well the people of malaysia have a thing or two to say about <laughs> it and then before you know it like it was that's the only downfall it's too damn intriguing and i ended up having to tell yes. the whole fucking story all over again and i basically like i watched the movie again yeah again and i and that's why you did the very nice thing of just simply asking for nice movies on twitter <laughs> yeah uh, you say you say asking it's more kind of begging please please give please. us something nice Please give us a salve for this awful wound that the Farrelly brothers have, have created within us. And you replied with all sorts of wonderful films, some of which I'd seen, some of which I hadn't. And we kind of went through, found one that kind of stuck out, was mentioned a bunch of times, and I don't really know much about, but I'm intrigued by. And we shall be watching The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride. And Princess what's greatest Bride. about The Princess Bride and why I felt it was so fitting to yeah. continue on from previously on Cinema Swirl, the hangover analogy from the previous few paragraphs. Which is why we changed our mind and we're watching The Hangover. The Hangover. <laughs> and of course, Hangover Part 2 and Part 3 will be coming, guys. Megasode coming soon, all right? We're going to chain smoke all the Hangover <laughs> movies. But I remember having I having the hangover which officially entered into the category that some Irish poets would describe as the fear. Right. And a long dark night of the soul was ensuing on a Sunday morning. And my very good friend Paddy Costello, who had always been a champion of this movie and was always trying to get me to watch it, said, I've got just the thing. And he put on that movie, and mm. I'm not saying it made everything right in the world but it made it pretty much as good as it was going to be. So this is officially the Hail Mary pass of Cinema okay. Swirl. I'm pretty sure this is going to do it right now. All You're right. going to feel all sorts of feelings. You're going to fucking love this. It's going to be like a big old hug in a mug, not in a scary way, like uh. a, a tea monster grabbing you. No, yeah, yeah. Not like that. It's going to be a good time. And I have to ask you, Sam. Yes. What's your reckon it's all about then, eh? Right. What's I, your reckon it's all about then? So I can't really tell you what what it's about, but I can tell you what my head sort of thinks that it is, but I know that it isn't. It, it's not the one with Anne Hathaway in it. I know that. I thought That's it was the that. Princess it, Diaries, the, yeah, isn't it's it? Not, it's not that. I also think, I, I thought it was the one with the kind of dog dragon, the massive dog dragon that a boy rides on for a bit. Um, but it's not that. You mean, that. Oh, no, yeah, that's the never-ending story. So I thought you meant how to train your dragon. I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> don't call him a dog. I, for some reason, it's kind of, that's kind of made its way into my brain regarding this you, title. You've not seen Neverending Story, then? You've not seen Neverending Story? That's officially, you've not seen that? I'm waiting for it to finish before I, uh, before I, before I watch, because hey! it's never, net, it's you know... Uh, yeah. Look, we're never going to do that episode up. because the jokes are simply too good and they write themselves. <laughs> we'd, we'd be out of a job. Yes, but no, I haven't seen that. Although but back in the day, I was compared to said dog dragon in how, how I looked about 10 years ago. <laughs> 
Okay. So I, I oh, don't, man. you know. Um, the intrigue is shooting up yeah. right now. So the, there are probably some stories in that. Look, we're either going to review Never Ending Story soon, or we're going to review Sam soon <laughs> from 10 years ago. Yeah. Kind of a retrospective type of a thing. So it's not those. I've got a sense in my mind that there's some kind of fantasy element to this. I is think. That because of the fantastical words like princess and bride? <sighs> Either that or it's just a, a romantic film. I mean, I assume there's a wedding coming. I assume there's going to be a wedding. And then just to point out as well, this is the princess bride, not princess the princess bride. and the bride, which was uh, like fox and a hound dog type of situation. Right. Like, I'm a princess, I'm a bride. No, not, not like that at all. This is the, the princess bride. Right. I'm trying to get my head around the grammar of this. Is the, pr- is the princess... A bride. You don't have to tell me, but that's what I'm trying to figure out here. Is that what that means? The princess bride. Oh, are you are you worried because princess with that double S at the end, that could be a plural for all we know, <laughs> because no one's going to, going to attempt to try and pluralize princesses. This is, oh, it, particularly it, if it's a prin- particularly if it's a possessive princess's bride or yes. a bride that belongs to many princesses. We're in a grammatical minefield here that we are not equipped to deal with. No, I've read it as there is a princess who is a bride so i i imagine wedding bells are a ringing okay and that's all i can get from this you know with some kind of monarchy situation if we've got a princess you know there's some royal component to this hey like you in the english yeah hey it might be a, a bit of best of british <laughs> it could be diana i don't think it the, is the, that's the, that's the thing i feel <laughs> bad for sam now watching this because he'll be like well that's not the queen of hearts no why am i wasting my time like with this strong cultural icon i already have i don't think it's a historical period piece that's just my guess yeah. i think there's okay. a kind of so you think uh, it's fa- fantasy it's definitely fiction i'm gonna go with but i, I think there probably is something fantastical to this but I don't know what. We think it's going to be comedy. We think it's going to be drama, kiddie, adulty. What are you reckoning? I mean, you've had a gander at that at that uh, poster, I'm assuming. No. No, I haven't had a gander at the poster. Because th- this was one of those situations. Oh, there wasn't a vote. There wasn't a vote, so I didn't ah. have to look at the poster. I love when I don't have to do that. Because I, I don't know what it is. I don't even know what it is. <sighs> I mean, it's so it's not... People want to watch this film to make themselves feel better. It's a nice film. So I imagine it's got some comedy to it. It's got okay. some romance to it. And you know you know what I reckon it's got in, in Bloody Spades? Heart. I reckon heart. it's got some heart. It's got some real heart to it, yeah. The princess okay, Heart, any, I think. Any names that, uh, that might be in this that you think you might be familiar with? Not not a clue. Genuinely, a clue. no clue. No. Okay. I've got one one thing I'll sprinkle in because I feel okay. like I'm not doing my job otherwise. Sure. You've no clue. I'll tell you, there is a professional wrestler in this movie. Okay. Sure. Give us a guess. Who would you put in The Princess Bride? Professional wrestler. Uh, it depends on when this was released. I reckon mm. this is an 80, late 80s film maybe or mid 80s yeah. film. I mean, if Hulk Hogan rears his strange head, I will be well, not surprised. Concerned? It'll be interesting to see Hogan. Oh, not Thunderlips' Princess Bride. <laughs> it becomes a different kind of movie then all of a sudden. It's like an escape or some such. Yeah. My guess would be Hogan. In terms of period appropriate, I think he's the one who would have been, you know, stepping into the acting world around this time. Yeah. But I'm I'm willing to be surprised. You're willing to be surprised? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm willing to allow that to happen. Interesting. Uh, okay. okay. Professional wrestler. Yeah. I'll go Hogan. For now. Are there any other arrests or actors that you're aware of from around the time who would have been mm. popping in there and doing a little bit of that? 
I'm struggling with the... I mean, it's not Bret Hart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, imagine now. There's a movie. Big Show would, would have been too young, I think, at this point, as much as I would love to see him pop up. I don't know. I don't know. Macho Man Randy Savage, was he? did he act at any point? I mean, I mean, you know, that, that man's incapable of acting. He's just who he is all the yeah. time, Sam. We yeah, all know yeah. that. Like, And I, I'm not sure if you're in the metaphysical plane of Macho Madness, if you could be, you know, on set, as it were. You know, I don't know if that's even possible. Jesse the Body Ventura. You know what? I think we're going to have to have a, a wrestling, you know, not a wrestling movie, but a movie yeah. starring wrestlers special okay. at some point. Yeah. Because yeah. there'll easily be a couple of swills we could tack on to that <laughs> over on the Patreon as well. Well, now that we've speculated, and we yes. all love speculating about princesses and brides, but now it's time to look into the deep well of the mailbag. Oh, welcome to the mailbag. Oh. Welcome. You see, I like that. Good interplay. Good interplay. Welcome to the mailbag. Oh, what? Oh, what have you got down there? Mail. Hey. That was a little. Ah. Hey. Oh, he's thrown it up to the top. I've grabbed it. I've got some mail. Why did you do that? There was a pulley system here all along. <laughs> if you've got any questions, queries, comments, other stuff that you want to send in, send it on into cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Uh, mailbag correspondence for today comes in from Ashley, who writes the following. Hello, mailman and bag chaplain. Oh, the old, the old, yeah. the old gruesome twosome back at it again. <laughs> Here we go, the double act. Hope you two are doing well. Thank you. Hope you're doing well too, Ashley. My question for you is if you could have any film theme music used as an entrance theme for a wrestler, anything that's been on Swirl or Swill, uh, what would you choose? Uh, the only one you wouldn't be able to choose is The Spy Who Loved Me, as it is currently used by Jetta on the British wrestling scene. Ah, that's true. Ashley also writes, P.S. Football came home uh, up the Lionesses, because in the time since we last recorded, they won the old... Uh, the Euros. Oh so. no, did you miss your special moment? <laughs> no, I, I, <laughs> oh, you didn't get to do it on the podcast. Uh, you know, it's it's still an important moment, so we, we can celebrate it whenever we want. So, uh, uh, yeah, I know, but not as important as it was back when it happened, though. That would have been great, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, it would have been all right. Hey, you know, it came home, it's coming home, it's going to continue to be home. Thank you. Can but it come home if it's already home? It can stay home. <laughs> it can just repeat. Because I feel like if, if, if football is, is meant to be coming home and it's home, yeah. you're like basically saying football you're here but you're not present right you yeah, know yeah. i feel like it's a very serious conversation you have to have with football now football practice some mindfulness techniques and, and be <laughs> in in the moment uh but that's beside the point the question is uh film themes that could be used as entrance themes for a wrestler mm. i've got a, a response to this i had a little think uh, i think the key one the best one would have to be the main theme from the warriors Oh, now there's a yeah, 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 yes, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a big build-up, so you're gonna have to, you know, wait a bit before you come out. But once it kicks in, gotta be really good wrestlers. What we're saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think you can debut with this, but yeah, I think that's that's what I would go for. That is just a banger. It's a belter. It's got the right feel to it. It feels like wrestling you know yeah that's what i'm gonna go for okay i would probably go with our title theme 
from Highlander, yeah. brackets, the tag team must be called the Princes of the Universe. That is yes. the only, it's a non-negotiable. Uh, that's a little bit too easy, low-hanging fruit for you. I genuinely think it would be a challenge for a young up-and-comer, babyface, good guy wrestler to come out to the title theme from The Thing. You really got to fire them up <laughs> with your eyes when you're coming out to the theme from The Thing. They're not, they're going to feel like a great sense of dread. Yeah. And you're going to have to, you know, really compensate. It's going to be really hard. Like, if you're a star, if you're a young professional wrestler and you, like, you want hard mode, there you go. I just unlocked it for you, baby. Are there any uh, Javert songs that you think could be used as, as Oh, no, no, no. That can only happen in a promo battle okay. if there's a yeah. confrontation. That's only, only, only time it's allowed to happen. Okay. Like. I was trying to think of other musicals that we've done, like Mary Poppins or something, or what you could have from that. But I think, you know, I th- those are the, the clear choices, I think. But is there any overlap, really, with wrestling? You, you'll know more about this than me in terms of, like, film scores ever being used i guess the licensing will be too expensive won't it i mean that's it i think there are cases of like songs that have been used but they're probably songs that were as known for themselves for being songs as opposed to the score from a movie i mean the closest i could think of is i have seen jetta wrestle and i absolutely laughed my head out when she came to the theme from the spy who loved me yeah and insisted on singing every single lyric even though no one in the audience except me knew what the fuck she was doing (laughs) i appreciated the commitment to the bit yes Uh, yeah so, Ashley, thank you very much for your question. Yeah. If, hey, if you've got any thoughts on what, you know, film themes you'd like to use as wrestling themes, let us know on the socials at Cinemaswirl or, or even email in at cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Cinemaswirl at gmail.com. You know what? I'm already feeling like I got the taste of battery acid out of my mouth from watching Dumb and Dumber 2. I don't know about you, Sam, but I'm pretty ready to watch a princess bride do whatever it is she's going to do. Yes, I am too. I don't know what it's going to be. I'm. This is my favourite kind of cinema as well, where I know fuck all, and I'm just going into it relatively blind. That's that's worked out pretty well for us recently when you went in completely blind. Spoiler alert, Sam. Yeah. You're going to want a cup of nice tea for this, because I've got one on the uh, go, and I'm very excited. Okay. And you know what? You at home, go get yourself a nice cup on, and let's go do a cinema swirl. Cheers. Cheers. Sam, initial gut reaction to old Robbie Reiner's The Princess Bride. I get it. Ah, So that was kind of two... The two-pronged... I get it. I know why people love it. And also... Ah. Ah. All right, I thought when you were saying, like, Ah. all right, I get it. She was a princess. She was (laughs) going to be married. married. (laughs) I get the whole princess bride thing... If you no. know what I mean? Like, I get the appeal. I know why this has been an enduring film. Also, I feel like I need to mention, because it's I, I can hear it now. Since the <laughs> since the Breeswell, before we watched the film, I, I had a bit of a sniffle then. I've now, I think I've graduated to full cold. Or oh, the star of you saying that full cold, full vid cold. was what I thought. Was, yeah. he's, he's got a summer cold, folks. Don't worry. So this will form a sort of retro cinema swirl where I, I speak in the deep, you know, I've, I've not seen it. <laughs> now what it is now what this is is it's like a breaking bad and then mm. better call Saul. we've brought back 
or favourite character right. Sam yeah. Chaplin <laughs> from the earlier seasons. How but he he's aged up that? now. So he's like, yo, Kevin, I've not seen none of them films. Yo, Mr. White, I'm 63 years old. What's happening, Mr. White? I keep getting bigger and older. But yeah, I mean, I feel bad because right before we went off to watch the movie, I was yeah. like, oh, we'll get him a nice cup of tea and all that. And people at home are going to think I've sent you a cup of poison. No, but what I have had is a, a, a cup of hot water, lemon and honey which has coated the throat. I've coated the throat. Is that? You know, it's, it's funny. when if you, if you said all of those words and you said the words tea afterwards, I'd be like, oh, yes, very nice. But then you just, just said hot water. Yeah. It's like, oh, man, yeah, yeah, Jesus. Like, you know, it's amazing how the absence of one thing made it seem more medicinal suddenly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take away the tea and uh, it's, it's medicine. But I, I just wanted to address that up top. I, I'm not sort of sad because I don't sound ill. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this isn't a response to the film. The film hasn't done this to me. This was already happening and has happened. I feel really bad as, as well because like my first line of my notes here is cough, cough, cough. Well, yeah, and that was too. in relation. Did it did start with some coughing? Yeah, not that I was like, ah, there he is now coughing <laughs> over there on the other line. So as well as my initial gut reaction, initially my guts have reacted and I'm not very well. However, I get it. I, I see the appeal. Ah. Oh, God, you know, I feel like you should go and watch The Princess Bride again now, <laughs> you know, because you feel poorly. Yeah. Or at least I should come in and read you a transcription of the podcast we're about to record, you know. That might lift your spirits, you know. Just to touch on something, what came up while I was watching this, Sophie asked if I'd seen Labyrinth, and I yeah. haven't seen Labyrinth. And in the priest world, we established I haven't seen Neverending Story. And Neverending Story as yeah. well. Interesting that. I imagine Willow would probably be a, a fitting, uh, when you've not seen. Not seen that. We could slip that in there. I think we've got a fantasy three-way dance coming our way very, very soon. That's I very good. So. And certainly hope that David Bowie's movie wins because I uh, found out in the last few years that I've been pronouncing that word wrong for my entire adult life is it Bowie? so there we go Bowie no labor it's labyrinth <laughs> I would say labyrinth the whole time oh I think <laughs> I know I can't believe David Bowie's classic movie I was butchering so much also as well it's mm. berserk not berserk 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 Berserk. I know. Berserk sounds like one of those berserk. stupid words you tell me about you use in England. Oh, look at that. He's a bloody berserk over there. It's like a wazuk, but way worse, wilder. Yep. But no, it's not. Even though I've been told on many occasions that X, Y, and Z is going berserk. Berserk. That is, yeah. that, I think it's on, on the country. I blame my homeland, not me. Not me for getting those two words wrong. Well, with that in mind, we start off with... <laughs> With some coughing, I, I felt like I was in the bloody uh, bloody cinema because there was uh, uh, down in front. Stop coughing and all that. Um, but it's, it's a little boy in his bedroom playing video baseball on his computer on his sick day. Ah, do you recognise this little boy? Do you recognise this little boy at all? No, I don't recognise this little boy. Young little Fred Savvy, you didn't watch the Wonder Years. I'm taking it then when you were uh, when you were growing up. No. No, I don't, ah, I, I don't recognize so you, the boy. Was, it was a show that they showed us of a certain a certain vintage in the 90s to be like, stop complaining, you don't have to go to Vietnam, so watch this. Right. You'll appreciate 
your Nintendos and your Game Boys and all that. But I also recently was like, what's Fred Savage up to these days? They gave an L quick Google and he's the center mm. of a mass of allegations uh, on the set of several shows he was working on, oh. which made looking at this little boy very perplexing yeah. indeed in yeah, the moment. I was, I was in the say, moment, it was very perplexing. It's difficult when you're watching a, a child and that child in the future has accusations against them. It's a real complicated boogie there. Cause, it is. Yeah. It is. Thank goodness his grandfather is here, Peter Falk. I mean, Peter Falk is here to provide some sort of a grump-hop role. Now, yeah. long-time fans of the podcast will know that I don't have, I never had a, a grandfather when I was when I was growing up. Sure. On either side, so selfishly, <laughs> on their, their part, not mine. Yeah, yeah. Didn't show up to the dance, basically, is right. what I'm saying. I was, I was bringing it all as a grandkid, ready to fucking go. Yeah. Where grandpop didn't show up to the dance. So the thought of an old man reading a book here... What's it, what's it like? It's quite what's alien it like? to you. Well, I, I only had the one growing up, so, you know. All right, um, show off. <laughs> I don't know if I was read many storybooks by an old man, a grandparent or otherwise. So, I, Did you ever sit on a knee of a grandfather? Yes, yes, definitely. What's it like? Yeah, it's nice. You get Werther's Originals. It? Yeah, it's great. Oh, because I was going to say, like, I, I had this moment like a year or two ago where I was like, I've never eaten a Werther's Original the way it's meant to be eaten. Like, Handed you know, to it's you like, from the warm pockets of a grandfather. Yeah. yeah. Grandfather fresh. I've never <laughs> had it. <laughs> I briefly thought the grandpa here was uh, Sid James before I realised it was Columbo. I think Columbo! In, in old makeup, right? Because he's not. I didn't nah, want to see Columbo him. was always old. <laughs> I didn't want to see him insulting, I and I couldn't work out whether it was an, an old man or a man in old makeup. And I felt like it was harsh either way to hazard oh, a guess. I think that Columbo had a certain grandfatherly quality to him. I mean, I'm guessing, as I said, uh, I didn't have a grandfather, so yeah, I am sure. literally just guessing here. <laughs> but you know, the kind of the just the just one more thing, and yeah. then you get like five pounds, something yeah. like that. You know, yeah. What's it like if you do? Your granddad ever give you money? What's it like? Don't tell your mum and dad, and then they sneak you a fiver or some sweeties <sighs> or something. Yeah, it's a great deal. Financially that is rewarding. That's a great deal. <laughs> as well as emotionally. Oh, you can see the construct as well of like the, oh, the sh you know. Yeah, yeah. My grannies would give me money. Did they do it right in front of mum and dad like fucking idiots? Like, right. no, yeah, yeah. no game at all. Like, no, it's the secrecy that's the exciting thing. And I think that's a, a grandfatherly <laughs> thing. Just keep it quiet. I w it wouldn't be a, a grandfatherly moment. Again, guessing here. Yeah. If the dusty old man didn't produce a dusty old book to read yeah. from. It's brought the kids on his sick day a present, and the present's a fucking book. I'd be uh, as miserable as this kid was. I'm playing video baseball. Come on, Grandpa. Video baseball? You yeah. can't interrupt that. This guy's a Gen Xer. He doesn't have time for no books. Unless that book's about Madonna and Nirvana, he don't care. <laughs> but that book is The Princess Bride. So The Princess Bride is a book in fact, about a, a princess bride. But she's, yes. she's not, by birth, a princess. She is... No, she is a commoner, deigned to be royalty. She's called Buttercup, which, I'm going to say it, and this seems mean, that is the name of a cow. That's a cow's name. That's the name for, oh, for a cow. Well, I mean, Peach and Daisy, I'm assuming, are already copyrighted in the <laughs> yeah. 80s, so they couldn't go for those, so Buttercup is Buttercup. the obvious third. Buttercup. Buttercup. Yeah, all right. It's not a popular name these no. days. No, people don't go for 
it. I appreciate as well the grandfather giving the AE's equivalent of like trigger warnings because he was like, there's torture, goblins, ghouls, witches and more. And, you know, just in case the boy wanted to opt out, turns out he didn't want kissing. So, you know, he was was informed of that in advance. I think that was very, very nice of him. Now, Wesley's our farm boy here. Yes. 15 hands high he is. Jesus Christ, he can move... 10 Wesley's worth of grain a day at the rate he's going. Now, I recognise the actor. Do you want to know where I recognise him from? I think it, you could probably guess. Is it The Leftovers, Sam, by any chance, is it? No, it's not The Leftovers. Now, is, it, is it Lost, then? Because I, I watched it, The Leftovers recently. I thought, it, you know, excite Sam, uh, you know. But I was going to go for Lost, then. Is it Lost? It's not is Lost. It? It's Saw. The uh, the, movie, Saw. the horror movie Saw. He's uh, ah. he's the guy. He 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 uses a saw in Saw, and he uses some tools here on the farm. A, a dashing young man. Dashing young man. Handsome in a very kind of late eighties, early nineties way. I'm not sure what I mean by that, but just a kind of yeah. you know, a real kind of handsome lad. You know. I tell you what, though, if he was one degree more handsome, he'd be a baddie. Yes. You know what I mean? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just on the cusp there, you know, of, of verging into like... Val Kilmer had the same problem his entire life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Almost. Almost. Bad, you know? He's on the buttercusp, and he's not quite over that. Also, I've realised I don't think you'd have a good way of shortening the name Buttercup, would you? BC. B- B- <laughs> okay, BC. BC. BC is fine, yeah. So these are two young lovers just being in love. And they have their own love language where she asks him to do loads of shit and he's like, as you wish. Yes. Which is secret code for, I'll do that thing now then, I will empty the dishwasher. <laughs> yes. He's having a go, he's got an axe on the go, he's kind of practicing chopping his own foot off, which we remember he'll, he'll come to later in the sequel, uh-huh. Saw. Yeah. And the, the boy upset that this is a kissing book. I like sports. <laughs> and you know what, mate? Same. I was a little bit cautious here. I was thinking, is this just this is gonna be an absolute mush fest? Um I mean they're, they're coming at you here with lots of things that could threaten your good time. First of all, you might think, and I believe there is a rough cut out there where the entire movie is just Peter Falk reading out from a dusty <laughs> old book. Yeah. And getting lost loads of times. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but also as well, I'm pretty sure there is a cut of this that is just the kissing cut. It's nothing but snogging the whole time. Right. I'd watch both of those. I'd be curious to see them. Hopefully coming to Disney Plus or whatever soon. <laughs> There's a character mentioned he's attacked Wesley's ship when Wesley has set off to make his fortune to come back to marry Buttercup. Off to sea. And that character, the, the, the pirate, is, is known as Dread Pirate Roberts, which I recognise as the name of some sort of dark web Bitcoin marketplace guy who... Why do you know that? <laughs> you Why know, that, do you know the, that? The, the Silk Road guy. It was a big. It was a big case. Have you got like a computer virus as well <laughs> as an actual virus at the moment? And you've got all these like crypto plugins now. So when you do a podcast, you start mentioning ne'er do wells. But I, I just re- I remember reading this thing about this guy who set up this dark web marketplace and his handle S- S- Silk Road, wasn't it? It was the Silk Road, and his handle was Dread Pirate Roberts. And I now realise that he's a. I mean, I should have realised this already. An utter dweeb because he's taken his, his name from this. I mean, you know what, as well, Sam, though, is like, you know, he was a guy uh, known for Silk Road, but uh, since that all got shut down, they might as well call that uh, the Dusty Trail, because <laughs> he's uh, mosey all out of there. Any broadsheet headline newspaper writers... You're welcome to it. That's Creative Commons, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. You yeah, yeah, Have at it, you know? <laughs> it's, it's a duty I'm doing here. So the, the Fancy Pants Prince, he's... Uh, Prince Humperdinck is declaring... What's the name?! 
What's her name? I think this is like several years later, like five or six it years is later. Five years right. in the future, to a brief time jump, and Prince Humperdinck announces to the masses that to celebrate 500 years of country, he's going to marry a normie. Right. Yeah. Very nice of him to, to do that. Isn't it? To grace us all. <laughs> At this point, it was it was unprecedented. So it was a very exciting moment for, for all the people. Does that work for your royal family as well? Like, you know, if one of them comes of age, they'll be like, yeah, I'm going to marry one of you. Is yeah, that, yeah. that going to happen? Yeah, like- yeah. That's what they do. They Jesus. declare it to all the all the people, and then off they go. Watch out for that centenary. Like, that's going to be <laughs> fucking scary. Like, Jesus Christ. I love, love, love the music in this. I yes. love that all the horns are like midi. You know, because obviously it's medieval times, so synth technology was quite basic. Yeah. You know, they, they, they worked with what they had. And it's, I'm not sure if it's meant to be purposefully ridiculous or it's just mm. aged into this charmingly ridiculous thing. But I love all the other. Yeah. Oh, baby, yes. It's cute. And uh, Buttercup, she's not happy. Uh, the only thing she really enjoys about her time as the kind of princess bride-to-be is her horse riding. And the, it's it's proper Legend of Zelda on N64-looking horse riding here, like galloping oh, through yeah. the, the meadows. and Yeah, yeah. Feed the odd carrot, like, you know. And the, the music kind of helps with that. And hey, you mentioned a wrestler would show up in this. Great news, Andre the Giant. Even better news, no Hulk Hogan. So Yay! here we go. We've got Andre the Giant in the woods Andre the sensitive giant yes yes a, a gentle giant well maybe not gentle but sensitive sure sensitive and yep. I'd say he's a little bit more coherent than he would have been in a stand I mean I'm not sure how familiar with Andre the giant you are but I remember watching his promos when I was younger and just being like great stuff half of a fucking clue what you're saying mate but he's coming out of a big old mouth so I'm buying a ticket <laughs> so in my notes I put Andre's acting is curious he is curious isn't yeah he? very curious so there's these three lads here um there's andre the giant as fezzik i think we're calling him andre the giant andre don't, the get, giant. don't, don't <laughs> kid yourself sam <laughs> don't kid yourself there's v- vizini the leader of the pack is uh love this guy yeah fucking love him yes <laughs> absolutely fabulous and he's great and there's the the other lads uh, a kind of swashbuckling fencing spaniards in ego and they they at the start like they're like oh we're lost circus performers clearly baddies yeah but like within two seconds you're already feeling for andre and the swordsman because the guy is the vizini is so fucking horrible and oh, little, a like just rotten. a little creep yeah and he's like you're a big a fucking giant freak from greenland and you you big drunk bastard <laughs> slobbering all over yourself piss coming out you jesus christ yes He's a horrible guy. He's the worst mate, and they're on a boat, so he's a worst mate to his first mate. Yes. Which is mind-blowingly inappropriate as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. And I love talk of mates, but not not this guy. So they've kidnapped Buttercup, and they've laid a ruse to make the Royal Guard suspect that this is... Who is it? The G- Gilda or something? It's some other... Yeah, they, they, want to, they want to start a war. Yeah. He's in the business of starting wars. So right. the plan is to kidnap her, kill her, and dump her on the border so that the kind of the neighbouring kingdom will be blamed and that there'll be grounds for a big war to start then. Now, I am unsure as to the geography of brackets fantasy question mark medieval mm. times because they do mention lots of real places but this is obviously in the realms of the fantastic with an f and a <laughs> q u e at the end <laughs> yes we know this because a the lads are rhyming 
Never would happen in real life. Not in a million years. I've never heard a rhyme. rhyme. Never heard a rhyme. Well, not in real life, anyway. No, seen them on telly. And also, it seems like every other moment there is like a, it's the blank. And like in the book, it would be in bold and there'd be an accompanying picture. Yes. First in case, this is The Shrieking Eels. The Shrieking Eels. Great name for a band. A very good name for a band. Very good name for a band. Shrieking Eels. Yeah. And that's because Buttercup, so they're sailing away in the night. She's trying to swim away because she can see a boat behind them. But she's in shrieking eel-infested waters. And these eels are fucking gross. Again, that's more kind of Mario. Oh, yeah, yeah. What's the thing? Sure. The, the, this horrible conger eel in yeah. Mario 64 that I believe returned in Mario Odyssey for a, a spell. Not nice. Poor old no. eels. Yes, the poor eels. They're just having a good time shrieking. I really like the touch of cutting back to the kind of framing story of the grandpa reading the book Mm. and him kind of going back accidentally over bits he's already read yeah and like i love this because when i you know, I've, I've watched this movie a few times mm. and I, I think this is the first time i watched this movie that i wasn't either sick or hung over or sad yeah so, <laughs> so i was like i was I, my mind was contemplating various things while watching it one of which was like is the slightly odd nature of how some of the dialogue comes off and how some of the story is paced it does it feels like again i don't know i don't have a grandfather but it feels as if like it's kind of meant to be because Grandpop is telling the story, so it's a little bit, like, wrong? Or yeah, it's kind of if he goes yeah. over bits or maybe repeats over bits or skips important bits, because he does kind of say he'll go over bits that, you know, that the boy doesn't want to see or whatever it is. Yeah, I think you're right there. It's, it's a kind of slightly wobbly version of the story because it's being read by a, sl- a slightly wobbly grandfather figure. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a pair of 3D audio headphones yeah. ordered, and I'm going to put those on and I'll wear like a VR headset so yep. I'm like in the movie and I'll have a special oh. mechanism rigged up that puts Werther's originals in my mouth and for every 10 I eat I'll withdraw five pounds from my bank account to put it into my savings this- <laughs> and it'll be this kind of like uh, it'll be just like I had a grandfather oh. along Sam <laughs> There's probably some old fellas out there who will no! give, give you the, what they called the uh, the GFE, the grandfather experience. Sam, I've already <laughs> considered that. The size of me, I'm six foot five, I'd break him in okay. half. Yeah, fair enough. You need, you need a VR rig to, uh, right, to get I'll this I'll say going. right now, if there are any grandfathers out there and you think you're fucking hard, come and have a go. Come and have a go. See if you can, see if you can take... Yeah. Six foot five on that knee, yeah? Yeah. You'll fucking need, you'll need those fucking words originals because you'll be hyperglycemic at the end of it. Yes. I mean, all I'm thinking now is that, you know, in terms of your VR headset, I'm sure if you search the Steam store for uh, Grandfather Simulator, there will be it's something out exist. there. Yeah. Rise? Um, it might not be good, and it might be secretly a horror game, but it, it will exist, I'm sure. But no, that's good, though, because I've been led to believe not all grandfathers are good. There can't be some, like, honestly, you know, you want to make me feel better at home? If you got a shit grandfather, send us an email. I'd, I'd be all ears, yeah. honestly. You'd do me a kindness if it's like, oh, he had fucking rubbish sweets. He'd give you all wrong coins and foreign currency, yep. you know. Motherfucker gave me guineas. What the hell is that? Cinemasworld at gmail.com if you've got any bad bad grandpa stories. Not you, Johnny Knoxville. No. <laughs> <Not you. laughs> No. No. But anyone else, send them on in. Speaking of good band names as we were before, uh, they make it to the Cliffs of Insanity. 
That's the yes. cliffs of insanity. Andre's gathered them all up and strapped them to himself to climb up the cliffs. And it's very funny, the kind of grumpy Vizzini guy having an argument... <laughs> with Andre while strapped like face to face with him looking very small and pathetic and it, is, it is so funny when you see them climbing up because it is so patently ridiculous and yeah. what I like about this is it is something that you would probably see written in a book like oh they all climbed up on a rope and you'd be like grand fine but actually the, the visual seeing of it. that in real life yes. like, you know, three people or sorry four people all hung around <laughs> the same rope all going up uh, I'll tell you what Sam I don't want to be climbing no rope even if I've got Andre the Giant doing his share of work I don't want to be climbing no rope no have you ever climbed a rope I mean it was on the lesson plan a few times but uh, <laughs> I, I could definitely say if that yeah. PE teacher was sitting down and going did everyone achieve the tasks no yes. they did not you know what's interesting in the world of pedagogy if we're getting into to teaching theory here yeah. how come anytime anyone's ever been made to climb a fucking rope no one's differentiated for that ability group have they no it seems to me anyone who's ever had a story of oh a gym teacher made us all climb a rope like one stud did it and everyone else looked at their shoes and, and their burnt bloody hands yeah i don't want to climb a rope i don't think i ever have climbed a rope and i'm not sure i ever will there's something stressful about ropes and i think it might be having watched too much below deck recently but seeing yeah. these lads on a rope being like no move the rope no not move the thing down the rope it's too late it's a, it's a stressful thing isn't it's, it a rope yeah it's a stressful thing very stressful so they're being pursued by a man in a mask despite the inconceivable nature of being inconceivable pursued, yeah I, I love this guy so much that every time I sit down to watch this movie, I convince myself he's in it like 10 times more than he actually is. He's yeah. in here for a cup of coffee and a nice one at that. But everyone I know who loves this movie, he's like tippity top of the list of the thing they love most about us. He makes a big impression, doesn't he? The gang, they get to the top. They cut the rope, but their pursuer, the man in black, the man in the mask, he... Johnny Cash is coming for him, folks. <laughs> he's still uh, he's still getting up there. Um, uh, Vizzini has a voice that is a very good, annoying man who will eventually get his comeuppance voice. Like, you can see oh, his yeah. fate coming a mile off. Like, he's he is the yeah, annoying yeah. one who is going to have a bad time. And the dude, uh, Wallace something, he was like in a hundred trillion things when you and yeah. I would have been growing up, like, you know, cartoons, movies, etc. He seemed very familiar and sounded very familiar. Now, I don't want to be coming across as some kind of Sherlock Holmes, but I think I spotted a little early that that was Wesley in the uh, in the mask. I don't know if that's... You know what? I, I, I think you may be something there, Sam. <laughs> a little, little Easter egg there. Yeah. And you know what's great about this? And I, I gotta say, shout out to the guys at Amazon. You know what? I'm going to say it one time. <laughs> Shout out to the guys at Amazon. Yeah, cheers, guys. Because in I rented it on Amazon, as mm -hmm. I often do when I can't find a movie for cinemaswirl at gmail.com. And I, I rented it there, and they have the X-ray feature, which yeah. will sometimes show you when they decide bother for it to show up. Yep. You know, like it's like subtitles. It might be there or probably won't be there. Yeah. But you assume it should be there. And in the X-ray, it literally said mysterious man. It didn't give way oh, who it was. Oh, very good. Yes, thank they you, kept Amazon. the mystery intact. I like that. And of course, when I watched Star Wars on there, it just said, you know, Luke Skywalker's da. And I didn't appreciate that at all. <laughs> Not at all. No. So say what you will about Amazon. They hit a home run there. They kept the... They let yeah. the mystery be. So this man in black, who's de definitely Wesley, has a very polite conversation with Inigo about sort of patiently waiting till he gets to the top 
to kill him. It's the nicest sword fight ever, basically. Oh, it's, it's lovely. They have a chat about how Inigo's father was killed by a six-fingered man, and then he had a duel with that man, and he wants to kill him so he can say, Hello, hey up, I'm Inigo Montoya. You killed me dad. Prepare to die. Goodbye. This bye. Is, yeah, bye. <laughs> Thank you. That feels like a famous line, doesn't it? The you killed my oh, father. Oh, you know, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's yeah, one yeah. of those famous lines from from the movie. It's uh, one that people hold dear into their hearts, and I love how this fencing duel is basically mm. like chess. They they keep referencing because oh. they're both students of the game, the various techniques that they're going to do. You know, both of them pull the old. Oh, I'm not uh, I'm not using the hand you think I would use as my dominant hand. There's nice flips. It's it is the most positive display of masculinity I've seen in a long time on a movie Sam yes yes uh, th- there's many a show of respect between these two it's mm. a, the, the, yeah, these two absolutely. combatants definitely respect each other and that's the important thing it's a, it's a fun sword fight it almost borders on kind of flirty because they just love how good he, they oh, yeah. both are the, the, you know and there's one upsmanship you know one guy yeah. throws his sword and catches it the other guy does one guy does a flip the other guy does a flip with a flourish oh. we can read between the lines of these sword strokes here if you know what I'm saying. It's a lot of fun and the masked man eventually disarms Inigo and knocks him out and it's the most polite end to that polite fight. Like no one gets hurt badly one guy just gets knocked out and he moves on and he doesn't I was gonna kill say anyone. like if a little tap on the top of the head could fucking send you out perfectly like that yeah i mean obviously there would be some issues because if you put on a hat too quickly you'd lose the day but <laughs> i mean oh as a feature i'm yeah. just saying like you know if i'm feeding back you know for the software update of human it's not a bad feature I, i'd certainly say go. it wouldn't be uh, for everyone to be an opt-in but you know a little, yeah and then off you go. Yeah. Off you pop. Yeah. He didn't look to be in great pain afterwards or have any long-term effects. <laughs> no, all good. So, And if you press it at the same time as clapping, you take a screenshot, which is nice. So uh, Andre the Giant, he's tasked with knocking out the man in black because they, they can see that you know he's got past the cliffs now. So he, he, he's beaten that fella. So it's now down to Andre the Giant to hit him with a big stone. Aww. That's his challenge here. And they have another very polite encounter. Yes, they do. I noticed with Andre's scenes that they're sort of cut a bit differently and slightly weirdly, as if maybe he was struggling a little bit with his lines. Perhaps I just got I just got that sense that maybe this. I mean, was... the issue with Andre is yeah. that because this was such a you know he had done movie stuff before and he did movie stuff after as far as I know I know he was in the Conan sequel you know playing right. kind of you know you'd be a guy in a costume to play a big monster and stuff like that now and then and I think everyone was so pleased that he played against type and also that he genuinely enjoyed himself and it was kind of I think one of the big mainstream things he did before he passed away at right. an untimely age that I don't I don't know if you could find out that information if like you know I, I mean but the thing is it's like He's given it gusto. Yeah. And I, I hazard to guess it's the best you were going to get. Yes. Oh, it's it's a charming performance. I just got the sense that maybe it was, um, you know. They were working around him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, that doesn't mean it's any, you know, that doesn't mean it's bad or any less charming. However, I imagine it was a bit tricky. Well, I mean, if the, the, the legendary stories of Andre the Giant are to be believed because of his gargantuan size and his legitimate gigantism, mm. you know, when he would have operations, they'd have to, like, you know, invent new, like, they'd have to make <laughs> new tools and, like, you know, they have to get in a team of top anaesthetists to actually figure out how to actually, you know, put them out. I figured the same applies 
to movies so Rob Reiner had to get a special big camera <laughs> and a really massive boom like a kaboom uh, mic, kaboom mic. <laughs> to, pick, to pick it all up like because he's so yeah. massive you know yeah big fella and these two they just have a straight up you know fight really they just have a big big fight no weapons Andre's obviously way stronger but the man in black chokes him out Kind of cunning. Um, and says to him, rest well and dream of large women, which is a nice party Aww. thing. Yeah. Aww. That's a nice way to say goodnight. Yeah. <laughs> rest well and dream of large women. I think we can all agree that's that's a nice way to be put to sleep. Meanwhile, Prince Humperdinck has made it to the top of the Cliffs of Insanity and is figuring out Yeah, I wrote down here, the forensics on. team have arrived. <laughs> yes. And he's fallen for the ruse. He thinks it was the Warriors of Gilda. So he's he's just, he's fallen for it, is, is what's happened there. And so our three challenges here, we're down to the final one. Yeah, the final boss is a light plowman's lunch. <laughs> Zini. Yeah. Looks a nice, nice spread. He's got the apple, got the cheddar, hunk of bread, yeah, bit of wine. It looks not lovely. Not so bad, not so bad. Give me a pickled onion and we're talking now. He's run ahead and just had a picnic and I respect that. And he's challenge, <laughs> challenging the man in black. To a battle of wits. A battle of wits, because he's a smart guy. An intellectual war here. It's the old poison in the wine game that they have here. Yeah, I like how Vizzini challenges him to the game of wits. Yeah. And yet it's the mysterious Doesn't man <laughs> who brings out the poison. It's like, all right, here's the game of wits then. And the guy's like, yeah, no, that's yeah, fine. fine. Like, yeah. immediately on the back foot. Like, and also, I love as well, unlike with our previous two combatants who've got hearts of gold, yes. you know straight away it's non-negotiable. This man will be killed. Yes, like, he, he's... <laughs> <laughs> that that light brunch is your last meal, mate. That's what that is. <laughs> and they, you know, they do the little kind of. Oh, it can't possibly be this one because you would think the blah 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 blah. So it must be this one, but it won't be that one. And they just, you know, stalling for a bit. There's some switcheroos. He thinks he's got the upper hand because he's made. Despite his dizzying intellect, yes. he manages to kill himself. He's laughing about how clever he is, and then he topples over, which is quite funny. Turns out both glasses were poisoned, and Wesley just built up an immunity. I did love the line as well in this incredibly Jojo Bizarre adventure encounter that he referred to his previous men, and he said, You bested both my giant and my Spaniard. <laughs> Those are their two powers, you know? One of them's giant, exactly, and yeah. one of them is from Spain. <laughs> so Buttercup, uh, she accuses the man in black of being Dread Pirate Roberts, and it, in, in response, he says something like, life is pain, anyone who says differently is selling something, which again feels like a significant line. I don't know if that's come oh, from yeah. this or not. Bit of poetry in him there from the bread <laughs> pirate, I mean the dread <laughs> pirate. And yeah, he takes credit for killing the old farm boy, though, which she refers. Yes. And sure, like most things in life, once you say something and you have a bit of a tumble down the hill, all bets are off. All becomes clear. He says, as you wish, as he's falling down the hill, and she realises who he is. There's some really funny rolling down a hill noises here. Oh, I don't, it's great. I, I assume those were done sort of as, as ADR, and they just went and went, ah, ooh, ah, ah. It is, it's my second favourite falling down the hill scene in a movie ever. Yeah. Previously mentioned Conan the Barbarian does get the nod there. Ah. For, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger ADRing falling down a hill. It's ah. obviously got merit to it. Ah. But you got two people here. And mm. they do it just long enough to put you off the idea of having a go yourself. You know, yes. It feels a little bit dangerous at the end. Too steep. Too steep, that hill. It's, I tell you what, it's been a long time since I've rolled down a hill. A long time. I mean, if you wanted to roll down a hill, how hard would that be for you to accomplish in notoriously low-lying <laughs> Nottingham? Flat Nottingham. No, I could find a hill. 
I could find a hill. I could do it. Because I'm in the uh, urban metropolis of Salford, the best I could hope for was some very tall, soft stairs to roll down. Right, yeah. Whereas me in the... In the <laughs> In the uh, in Sherwood Forest, I could find maybe a little hill to roll down. Have a little roll. It's been at least twenty years, I reckon, since I've rolled down a hill. Really? No, well, uh, at oh, least no. at, at least fifteen. At least fifteen. You know what? Actually, I've realised I've not rolled down a hill. I was like, oh, it's not been that long, but I've not rolled down a hill in the United Kingdom. Uh, I've not done that. Right. I'm exclusively an Irish roller. Look, let's. Um, I've heard that about you. Let's meet up, and we'll both have a little tumble down a hill. And that can be... A, and we will record a podcast while we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Go get that content out there. Yeah. Or, Eat some Rolos while we're doing it. We could, at the bottom of the hill, we could have a sponsorship. Who knows? Or we say that we're rolling down a hill, but we just, <laughs> in Adobe Audition, put on... Ah, oh, I wonder, because ah. I wonder if I move around the microphone like this, if I will give the impression um, of rolling, and then we, we don't have to do it then. It's as good as done. That worked perfectly, so... <laughs> Easy. Yeah. Easy. And just to just to clarify, these recordings come through to me as mono files. <laughs> we, won't, mono we, files. we won't get the kind of rotation. Yeah, the thing, the but... 3D audio, that's different. We have yeah. to develop the grandfather app before we can move on to the Cinema Swirl Immersion Experience app. So these two are very happy to be reunited. And at this point, they kiss. And the little boy doesn't like the kissing because he's, oh, kissing. <laughs> and did you talk about kissing with your grandfather then? <laughs> <laughs> All the time. It's it's mostly what we what we spoke about. No, yeah. we we didn't we didn't speak about kissing. Talk um, about talk about snogs, all that type of a grandfather chat. I mean, it could be. How, what what I what would I know? You know. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry. I was about to say here, you know, when they got reunited, I was going to make like, kind of, oh, reunited with my grandfather. But I can't be reunited with my, I could literally never be reunited with my grandfather. Because if, if he somehow came back to life, I would meet my grandfather. Not re, you have to, you have to come yeah. back to life. And then you have to go away again. And then come and back then again. I have to, yeah. That's a long fucking road for me to be reunited with a grandfather. Jesus. You'd simply be united with him for the first time. You can be united with uh, so, Sorry, mate. I'm a city boy, actually, myself. If the old codger came around sporting the red, oh. I'm out in his fucking arse. Well, uh, this is a boo house. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, they head into a forest. Wait, you read, you read. Um, it's because a- all uh, you didn't know this in America. Yeah, but all the soccer teams do their training in a forest. Yes, <laughs> it's why it's more popular in the United Kingdom because of yeah, the, the, the green belt yeah. that we have in the center of the country. You read, uh, you read. It's a creepy forest. It's the fire swamp, right? Oh, and yeah. I'm going to say right now, fire swamp. Pick a lane because you can't be a fire swamp and be damp and be a forest. Yeah, there's trees everywhere. You know? It feels foresty. It's the fire swamp, and I tell you what, this is back when sets were sets. You know, oh, this is back when you could eat set- the set, couldn't you? Oh yeah, you could eat it for breakfast. It's quick time event swamp is what I called it. You know, because there's a lot of like you know dodging and ducking and diving yeah. going on here. And uh, Kevin. <laughs> I've written this in my notes to do it, and this was before I had the sore throat, but I'm going to go for oh, it. Oh, no. Whoa. Her dress is on fire. Very, her, very her, good. Her dress is on fire there. Like the like the killers. 
in my gesture sitting of music, some knowledge may have been okay. compartmentalized incorrectly. Sure. But the, the fire gets extinguished quite quickly. And Wesley explains that Dread Pirate Roberts is a role that is sort of inherited and passed around. It's a, it's a kind of franchise. Well, you're all Dread Pirate Roberts in a way. In but a way, much more yeah. accurate, it was a guy called Ryan and then it was him. Yeah, sure. And uh, she she can't help but get into sort of calamities here because she falls into some quicksand for a bit. Some quick time event quicksand. I like to think that there were many swamps. There was like a, there was a swamp, there was a fire swamp, and then there yeah. was like a quicksand swamp. And they were running short on time, so they kind of merged all the swamps into one very dangerous swamp. And the, <laughs> there's a rat thing in this swamp, which they refer to I as... Like, a, I, yeah? liked him. I liked him. I liked him. I did. Which they refer to as a R-O-U-S, a rodent of unusual size. I'm going to introduce a new feature to Cinema Swirl now. Ooh. I have a little sausage dog called Stanley. Hello, Stanley. Stan- Stanley's great. And th- this feature is What Spooks Stanley? And uh, in this edition of Cinema oh. Swirl, it is those rat things. He was very concerned by the really? rats. Really? Yeah. And have you got a scale? Like, how many IEs would he have gotten for that out of five? <laughs> it was uh, one... <laughs> Like that. He did a little, he ran up to the telly, he went, like that. Like he was, you know, concerned by it. All right. It's not like he's starting a fight with him, like, you know. uh, Yeah. This is like what scares Stanley as opposed to what gets Stanley's dander up. Because that's what feels like's (laughs) happened there. That feels confrontational, Look, if I'm going to say it. Like. It's, a, it's a new feature, so we can rename it to uh, What Gets Stanley's Dander Up, because that's much more fun to say. say. <laughs> no, I did like I did like this round of unusual size though yes. because I mean it really looked like something that would have been on, on like the den or like you know like one of those horrible puppets that you would have had like there was this you know, gophers and stuff that you and we didn't yeah. have quite the menagerie we had in Ireland but you had like Simon the fucking squirrel and shit like that right you know I don't remember Simon the squirrel but I, you know I, we had you know pu- he may have been a gopher puppet rodents running around you know. Gordon, yeah. Gordon the Gopher? Gordon, Gordon the Gopher? That's, I think yeah. it's Gordon. Yeah, Not Gordon Simon. Go- <laughs> Not, Not Simon. Simon. No one wants to call their child's mascot Simon. Simon. That's a not a good one. No. Nah. And there's a, there's a big fight with both Buttercup and Wesley and this rodent. And the, ro- yeah, the rodent gets set on fire it. and stabbed. It's fucking horrible. The poor thing. It wasn't yeah, really just when really you think they're about to be like, poor creature, pity it. Get it on fire now. It's what? turn over, stab the other side. Whereas Stanley was like, yeah, yeah, fuck you, mate. He was, you know, delighted with that. Stanley's like, I would have done that and much worse. <laughs> yeah. Much worse. Because Stanley probably would have eaten I mean, let's face it, Sam, he would have eaten him afterwards as well, wouldn't oh, he? Oh, he would have done. Yeah, absolute gobbler, that guy. So the prince is here with a lot of cavalry. And not once did the prince come into a scene and go, you're all humperdinked. Because <laughs> I thought it could have worked, you know. To announce his presence. The two are surrounded. They're truly humperdinked. And Buttercup simply asks if Wesley can be returned to his ship. And the, the prince is like, oh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I promise we'll we'll take him back to his ship. And then is sort of winking at camera being like, I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that shit. I'm um, not doing that shit. No way. And one of the prince's men, like he's like lead... It's like right-hand man has got six fucking fingers. He's the six-fingered oh, man. Yeah, he's got a six-fingered glove, which was in its own right shocking, but when you realise yeah. it's inside there, that's, oh my oh, God, God. Like, you know. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> Wesley, he gets taken down to this weird dungeon, the, the Pit of Despair, and he... That's the album for uh, the Cliffs of Insanity is the Pit, Pit of, of Despair. Despair. And he gets to hang out yeah. with Mel Smith playing uh, Boris Johnson here. 
<laughs> because pretty it's much a, like yeah, real, real grotty looking fellow with that kind of blonde blonde wig going on. Yeah, it was it was the part that he would have been born to play had his life as a bon vivant not taken him before well, his time. Yes, sadly, and uh, Wesley's going to be put through the machine. I mean, I mean Mel Smith. Yeah, and there's yeah. people at home going, "You fuck, you fuck, you what? You fucking got in, did he? No, sorry, not yet. No, no, no. 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 He's going to be put in the machine. Nobody withstands the machine. There's a machine. Oh, I like uh, I like a machine in medieval times. There's something about a machine in medieval fiction. Always enjoy it. Yes. And no, not a trebuchet. Or I mean, like a proper weird machine. Real machine. Something that's got like glass bits and stuff like yeah, that. You know, yeah, fancy. Yeah. Probably a diamond in there somewhere to, to do something Ooh, with it. Yes, you know? to power it, to power it. I know, we cut to uh, the, the king has died, so Humperdinck has become the king, and he marries Buttercup. <gasps> and the crones don't like this at all. They call her the queen of slime. The queen of slime. Excuse me. Years before Clips for Sale is even a, a notion, <laughs> they're already ring-fencing entire genres yeah. for themselves. Yep. Yeah. Uh, bow to the queen of slime. Rubbish. Filth, slime, muck, t- trash. Um, hey, she's having a go with dust. the queen. Wouldn't that like someone? If you did that now in real life, you'd be killed. Oh, you'd be immediately yeah? killed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns out it was just a bad dream. It was just a bad dream. It's a bad dream, and also it was in a book as well. None of this is real. No, that's two layers of fiction here. This has not so happened. Calm down, everyone. It's okay. No one has called the queen the queen of slime as of yet. As of yes. So Buttercup is basically saying, like, mate, I, to the prince, I don't love you. I love Wesley. He's gonna come back, and I'm gonna kill myself. I'm gonna as if well. you marry me. I will kill myself. There is something about how flippantly they drop in that she is going to commit suicide on yeah. her wedding night as well. Yeah. Like they do it again later, and I mean, it is—it's breathtakingly ahead of its time. Yeah. It's casual, just popping that in there in the old family movie. By the way, I don't love you, and I will be killing myself. Yeah, they don't really touch on the gravity of that, do they? Not really. No, but no. yeah, because it's in a book. You know, yeah. it's just, what we just described there is basically just a sentence. Well. And a sentence couldn't be offensive, could it? Columbo might have read that wrong and, you know... <laughs> yeah, Columbo wanted to wanted to spice it up for the new generation, you know? <laughs> the line was probably, if I have to marry you, I'm going to bloody kick myself. And he read that wrong and thought that she was going to kill herself. And it's just a, you know... The girl's going to kill herself! <laughs> ah! And so the prince is like, right, okay, we're going to send out some ships and some letters to try and find Wesley and we'll establish whether he wants to be with you. Because maybe he don't want you no more. And then if he if he does, then I'll call off the wedding. If not, will you marry me, please? Thank you. I'm the I'm Prince Humperdinck. Thank you. But also, I'm pretty sure Humperdinck around this time is like, oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually gonna, gonna kill her. You know, oh you're not killing yourself. That, that's for me, actually. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. sorry. You know, I've called dibs on yeah, that dirty um, deed myself. Plan on starting a war himself, he is. Yes, so he's going to kill Buttercup to blame the Gilders and then start a war, get more power or something. Ah, uh, Simon, fairness, though, don't you want to see someone stick it to those cowboy Gilders? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that got me. 
I, I do like the prince saying, look, mate, I've got my wife to murder. I've got Gilders to blame for it. I'm simply swamped. I've Peace and love, peace and love. I've got too much to do. Can you, <laughs> too much to do. Can you please torture and kill Wesley? Thank you. I will no longer be torturing my fans. <laughs> I've simply too much to do. Peace and love, peace and love. I like the special torture machine. Yes. Because it has a very specific purpose. And I'm not sure if the dial corresponds, but he puts it on one and then he's like, it's taken a year off of your life. Yeah. And it made him cry too far. So Wesley gets tortured on the machine. It takes a year off his life. And then I do like that there's a little survey afterwards to be like, and and how did you feel when you were tortured it's by the, the machine? of research that is necessary it's and good. ultimately useless. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an important part of the process. So... For the wedding day, yes. they want the thieves' forest to be cleared out. Get it empty. Which is what leads us on the road back to Drink Drunken Ego and Andre the Giant, yeah. who are both here for different reasons. Andre is a part of the brute squad that has been formed. Yep. And I mean, no better man for the job. Oh, fits And the he bill. takes it upon himself to save his drunken Spanish companion by giving him one of the most, oh my God, depressing looking stews I've ever seen. <laughs> And then seemingly, like, giving him a dunk in the hot and a dunk in the cold of, of buckets of water, that is. Yeah. And I'm not sure what the, the basis of that is now. But again, this is in a time before they had the Princess Bride to actually show... They can't show him that to, no. to help him with his hangover, so they have to do other things in this universe. It'll do summer, won't it? If you get dunked yeah. in hot and then in cold and then in hot and then in cold, summer will happen, you know? It'll, it'll change. Have you ever it. had hangover cure that you found to be effective um mcdonald's breakfast you know cheeky hash brown and see this is what always happens where like if you ever have someone who's like i've got hangover cure what's that and they just tell you a nice meal like you know Um, that's it like i remember i I used to go with someone and they were adamant so they're like if you're hungover no shut up listen you have to have something cheesy something crispy something crunchy something so you just got like a day's worth of food plan something borrowed something blue you've got (laughs) to that's a meal plan not a cure yeah yeah prairie oyster will do you there you go okay um just drink loads of water just stay stay high it, it does you know but you gotta do that the gotta do that the night before the night night before uh, you exactly. fall asleep prevent. before the hangover yeah it's perfect exactly. the night before every drink you have you have a big glass of water with it and then you stay up all night peeing so the next day you won't yes. have a hangover but you've simulated one from a lack of sleep and it's much better trust me yeah slightly more manageable the, the classic piss hangover so uh, our gang is back together well andre and uh in, in ego and he knows that the man in black is gonna be the one that they need to help kill the six-fingered man there will be blood tonight there, there Ooh, simply baby. will be blood tonight Meanwhile, Buttercup, she has a right bloody go at the prince, tells him he ain't searching for Wesley, he's not putting the effort in, he doesn't actually want to do that, and he's a coward. And so the prince, you know, not happy about this, locks her away, and then he turns the machine up to the maximum setting, doesn't he, for for Wesley? 50, Um, which is a bit rich for my blood, Sam. I wouldn't want to be on no level 50. That feels like a little bit too much uh, for anyone to endure those orbs of torture. What an absolute bastard this prince is. But it's a good thing, though, that the torturous device creates a sound of pure misery and chaos which the discerning ears of our ne'er-do-well thieves-turned-goodies could help us with. Yeah. <laughs> I wish the uh, the bat symbol was that. It was just... Uh, 
Oh, Batman, Batman must be here. For fuck's sake! <laughs> <laughs> so there's a big dramatic moment of you know an ego like I I shall re- avenge my father. I need you, father, to guide my sword. I mean, you know what? Man divining is as good as water dividing. Like it's as noble a profession <laughs> and as accurate. So fuck it, man. Stick your sword wherever. Invite yeah. whatever you need to. And uh, it does lead him directly to the secret tree door and into the pit of despair. And Wesley's dead. Wesley is dead. He's gone. The little kid is upset. credits. We cut back. Boys floods of tears. And Peter Falk is like, you're old enough now. You got to learn about this stuff. And he slams the door and the credits roll. Yeah. Uh, End of the the film. Darkest of Rob Reiner's uh, (laughs) filmography. And Rob Reiner did um, When Harry Met Sally, didn't he? And Stand By Me. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which probably explains why, which we did actually quite recently, we did uh, When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. And it probably explains that when they go to meet the Miracle Man, did you recognise <laughs> who that was? Yes, I did. From Voice Alone, it's uh, your friend of mine, sort of, uh, Billy Crystal, everyone. Billy Crystal Pepsi himself. Yes. Everyone's most frequent recurring Oscars host, Billy <laughs> Crystal. I liked him as Miracle Max, yeah. uh, mainly because he was basically just being kind of an over-the-top New York guy dressed as, like, a ghoul. Hey, I'm doing <laughs> miracles here. I like when uh, his wife comes in trying to help, and he's like, get out of here, witch. And she's like, I'm not a witch. I'm your wife. Oi. Oi. Great stuff. Fun stuff. And they managed to revive Wesley because he's mostly dead but not actual dead yeah it's very nearly dead that's all and the the miracle man he hates Humperdinck so he's willing to bring Wesley back to life he gives them a special it looks like a Brazil nut covered in chocolate yeah it looks delicious this, uh, it does, this honestly does chocolate you know? miracle pill and they're making a plan to storm the castle save the day and so they give him the, the pill and I do like the fact that like he's revived but he's all like floppy and his head's just going everywhere and he can't really move because they're meant to wait like uh, X Men time and they, they yeah. only have like half an hour so like fuck it just give it to him anyway he's he's a strong man and they are they think they just need his mind because between andre's strength and an ego's swordsmanship they reckon he'll come up with a plan and right. they'll figure the whole thing out and this is i beautifully well done scene here i, I love the floppiness like yeah. andre using his hand to turn yeah. his head yeah. around it's so fucking hilariously done i love it it's really funny stuff genuinely good what? like what? physical comedy thing that i didn't understand and it was uh, a loose thread that i i'm not sure was addressed was wesley going oh if i only had a holocaust cloak and i was like what's that i don't know what that is it's a risky one shall i look it up I was going to say, one of us is going on some sort of a list. Yeah. And I was recently researching the history of the Iron Cross for the other podcast, so I should probably uh, (laughs) lay this one out respectfully. Okay. I I don't want to give Google another data point, if you know what I'm saying. So the first thing I can find is something on Princess Bride Wiki that just says Miracle Max gives a Holocaust cloak to Fezzik because it fits him so well. So that that doesn't help. There's a Reddit thing. Oh, is that because he's able to set himself on fire later on and he doesn't burn? Is that what it does? Why is Uh, it called a Holocaust cloak? I don't know why I'm even asking. So, Holocaust definition, destruction or slaughter on a mass scale, especially caused by fire or nuclear war... Okay. The, na- the name yeah. of the cloak derives from the fire part. It's uh, a cloak made of fairly thick, mostly non-flammable fabric. So it's it's a non-flammable cloak. I don't think the name is... It, it, 
I, I feel like th- there was a point where you needed to get rid of that name. Um, yeah. But, th- but they were back in history slash fantasy. So I they guess didn't so, know. yeah. It, they changed it. It's called like the North Face now or something like that instead. I probably would have found some way in the script to not call that a Holocaust cloak and assume that everyone knows what I'm talking about when I say Holocaust cloak. But that that's what it is. Like a non-flammable, big, thick cloak. Thank you. Fuck it. Don't hell. use uh, that knowledge ever in your life. No. Don't. No. Don't. And like, if someone says Holocaust cloak near you, don't be like, I know what that is, because it'll just breed more questions than it's worth. Yeah, it's probably not a good thing that I now know what that is. But hey. Why did you fucking, why did you find out at my insistence? I'm sorry. Hey, uh, Peter Cook is in this. It's it's a who's who of uh, British comedy people. Oh, this was great. And I'll tell you right now, when Joe, Joe the intern was watching this and she was having a grand old time and mm. I didn't think her time could be grander until I remember Peter Cook was coming and I think it basically floored her. This is just a small, perfectly done cameo. He's got yeah. a very silly voice. Silly voice. He is the bishop who is proceeding over the marriage. <laughs> and like, I just love, I love the subtlety of it where he starts off with just kind of the odd malformed words yeah and then like there's a bit like later on where he's just going (laughs) 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 one take as well sam could you (laughs) (laughs) it's just just very funny and you're right that's that's a proper film cameo that that's just a funny bit for someone who's funny that's a cameo that's in there sam Mm. for the the grandfathers i mean allegedly i mean grandfathers like peter cook I'm assuming so. I saw a photo of my granddad once where he was building a boat. That's all I know that he liked. Ah, it's a, it's a boat boat builder. Ship, That's what he did builder. for their spare time back in the day, apparently. He built a boat in a, in a suit, uh. like, you know, in your Sunday best. But, I mean, assuming all granddads like Peter Cook, he is the Werther's original of alternative comedy. <laughs> yes, he is. So, uh, lads, they've got Andre in his big aforementioned cloak, on fire, looking all big and scary, to just intimidate the fuck out of everyone who's guarding the gate to the castle. Um, they get to the gate, and the, the, like, I guess the main guards, they speak to him and they say, G- give us the gate key. And he says, I have no gate key. They say, Fezzik, take his arms off. Oh, you mean this gate key? It's a, you know, a solid little bit of funny stuff there. You know, he just it immediately becomes a coward when you see Andre the Giant. And I would as well. If I was threatened by Andre the Giant, I'd give him anything he wanted, you know, at that point. And that is one of the many ways in which Sam Chaplin and Hulk Hogan greatly differ. Yeah, one, one of many. One of, of many, many ways, ways in which I differ. Many from, ways. Uh, from Hulk Hogan. Hey, we get the big showdown. Sam's between, also uh, not a racist. <laughs> yeah. There's that as well. <laughs> um, loads of ways. Um, loads those, of ways. Those are the two key ones. Um, two big ones, yeah. There's, oh, there's some overlap, sure. But I, we won't get into that. Not, But not the ones that we just mentioned. I don't know what I'm saying now. Uh, I'm not anything like Hulk Hogan. Inigo, finally, Inigo. Inigo? Inigo. Inigos! In- <laughs> so... <laughs> Inigo finally meets the six-fingered man. It's showdown time. He gets to say his little speech. Oh, and this is this is bloody, baby. This is oh. violent as hell. Yeah, he gets knifed. But the baddie, the six-fingered baddie, he starts monologuing. And that's when you know, like, oh, it's game over and for you this guy. you mind as well, Sam. He's monologuing yeah. pretty bad. But he hasn't even got a, a master plan. So what's even the point? He's just saying stuff. Yeah, wasting time. He's been a bloody time waster and he pays for it because eventually Inigo gets up badly wounded 
but still does his little speech and his sword fighting. And his his last line to this guy, I want my father back, you son of a bitch, before killing him, is that, I mean, that's just beautiful, isn't it? That's... You know. It is, and I also feel that's one that Grandpa just stuck in there. Like, you know, I feel that wasn't written in the dusty old book about medieval times. You son of a bitch! I can imagine Peter Falk putting a bit of that in there, yeah, yeah, putting yeah. a little bit of uh, giving a bit, a bit of, of mustard. Yeah. You know, get the kid back into it. You know, maybe he's flagging, getting a little bit sleepy because he has been read. Must remind you, an entire goddamn book right yeah. now. And that was the and thick he's book. in bed. It's bedtime. Yeah, Buttercup, as we mentioned before, she's on the verge of suicide. She's about to stab herself in the chest because she's got to get married to this... Um, well, she's already been married. So they, they rushed the ceremony. So she's now married to the prince. But that was because they, they were storming the castle and they just rushed through it. Uh, she's about to stab herself in the chest. And Wesley is just on the bed in the room. He's got in there somehow. He has the... I mean, the line he does here when she's about to stab herself, there's a shortage of perfect breasts in the world. It would be a pity to damage yours. That's a pervy romantic line to stop someone from dying, isn't it? That's It is. That's you know, something. genuinely outing yourself as a breast enthusiast is a yeah. dicey game at best in the pursuit of romance. Yes. Particularly when you are being pursued yourself by the king's guard. So it's daring, but it worked out well for him in the end because she uh, she's all over him like white on rice. Yeah. No, please don't die. Your breasts are too perfect is basically what he's saying here. But it, he can't really move because he's, you know, he's still got the floppy effect of the being brought back to life. I like, though, that he's got such a bit of a presence about him that when Umperdink does show up, old yeah. Dinker Pump, when he, when, he, when he shows his bloody mug, yeah. he basically gets, like, just from vibe alone surrenders yeah. he just which i absolutely love he gets absolutely told basically look mate technically that marriage wasn't shit it wasn't official i'm gonna i will kill you you're gonna feel so much pain i'm gonna put you through the pain he basically like does a promo on him he does and he refers to this concept he isn't going to kill him sammy he's going to mutilate him yeah uh, to the pain which is basically previous listeners of this very podcast can understand as a particularly grotesque, macabre version of the beloved phrase, beef to the heels of a Mullingar heifer. Yes. <laughs> That's his plan. He's going to get all the, all the beef off him, um, all the way down to the heels. Except for the cow ears, the most yep. tender meat of all. <laughs> and it works. And they just managed to like threaten him into you know being tied up. And so... Everyone kind of gets their what they want, you know. Inigo's like, oh, I don't really have anything to do now that I've killed the man who killed my father. Uh, pirate DLC, Inigo, what are you talking about? <laughs> Ever tried piracy? And so he becomes Dread Pirate Roberts. Andre the Giant finds some horses and they get to go away on horses. Excellent. And there's a big smoochy kiss. And they ride off into freedom slash a painting. Yes, and the, the grandpa doesn't want to like, oh, I'll skip over this bit at the end. And the kid's like, no, I actually want the kissing part now because I like the story. It's like, it was the best snog of all time, mate. I've seen, as a grandpa, as an old man, I've seen loads of snogs. And some this, of the best. Some of the best. Some of the world's best. And this was the number one snog. They properly went at it. It was a beautiful, romantic snog. And this is from a man who's privy to the top five shifts of all time. So, you know, (laughs) he's not saying that lightly. And he closes over the book. He says he'll come back and read it again another time. And as he's leaving Fred Savage's room, he just goes to his mother and goes, just keep an eye on him, yeah? (laughs) Just keep an eye on him, yeah? 
Yeah, and that's how they end the film, roll credits. Yeah, there we go. The Princess Bride. The Princess Bride there. The Princess Bride. Oh, Sam. Ah. Sam, Sam. I had such a lovely time watching this movie, and I adored talking about it with you as well. It feels, in spite of your sickness, it has provided something in the way of a medicinal tonic for these troubled times. Yes, and I, I, I feel like I need to go back to my initial gut reaction. I get it. I know why this is a lot of people's go-to nice film. But, like, it is it is nice, but yeah. it has just enough, like, I don't want to say grit, but, like, there's the odd bit where you can see if you were a kid watching, you'd be like, ah, you know, like, there's, mm. there's a bit of gore, there's the odd bit of cursing, and there's yeah. the odd bit of, like, action that spills into something a little bit more high-octane and all that. But all at the same time, it is, in the nicest way possible, a silly, sweet romp. Yes, and it's got buckets of good humour, fun characters, and the, the music kind of follows in that kind of silly yeah. but fun way, you know? The music, it really reminds me of like a really good score from like kind of a, a comedy video game, like a Monkey Island or something like yeah. that. Because there's lots of like womp womps when your know, stuff happens, even the sword fights and stuff like that. Uh, the choreography yeah. is, is, is excellent as well. Yep. And lean mean 90 minutes. Not oh, bad for yes, a please. Sunday afternoon watch, I think. I'll tell you what this film is, Kevin. Mm. Charming. Oh, it's a, it's a, it's a real. It's a charming film. If it's charming, does that would you consider the movie a charmer? Uh, it's a charmer. It's a charmer. It's a charmer. I'm charmed. It is nice. It's it's uplifting. It's fun. It's kind of light, but not inconsequential. I can't believe I didn't watch this during the original lockdowns because yeah. there were times where I was like, I just want to watch something nice and. Jesus Christ, this would have been the go-to, but I'm kind of glad because I don't think any of the lockdowns were as bad as Dumb and Dumber 2. So I think this, this for me, I haven't even thought about Dumb and Dumber 2 until right at that moment. That's go. a great yeah. sign. I watched Heat, Prey, the Bob's Burgers movie. I watched so many fucking movies in the last couple of weeks. Every single time I was thinking about Dumb and Dumber 2 at some point. Not once until just there, but that's for the sake of giving this episode closure. Yes, uh, I think it... it <laughs> That neatly wraps things up. What more can you say about this film than it makes you forget about Dumb and Dumber 2? Was there anything about you didn't like, though? I mean, because many people say... I I know there's people who consider this to be a perfect movie. And while I consider it to be a perfect movie of sorts, I wouldn't say it's, like, my favourite movie of all time, mainly because I view it almost as, like, I don't know. I view it the same way as I do that box of Lemsip apple and cinnamon, the rare flavour that I've got on the shelf. Only in case of emergencies. Yeah. I think that this is a very special case for this film because it's. I, I'm not necessarily assessing it on... Well, I don't know what I'm assessing it on and it's hard to really grasp what the star wipe rating means. But mm. it fulfilled this brief that it was exactly what we were looking for. And thank you for the suggestions, everyone, on the yes, socials. Thank you. There were, there were plenty more that we, we can uh, delve into soon, but this was the one that kind of really stuck out and we saw quite we, quite a few times. We got a few ones on standby for when we're, you know, because, uh, you know, there's like 40-some episodes now over on that swill, so like, yeah. you know, once we're dumping our head into <laughs> the sewage, it's nice to have something here to wash it out of our hair. I reckon if, you know, Adam Sandler or something comes back up again or we, we, we delve into some more Mike Myers, we we might need another salve in the way that this is a salve for the for the mm. wound of, of Dumb and a salve and a balm uh, yeah a balm yeah a, a balm. balm and as nourishing for folks here in manchester slash lancashire as nourishing and comforting as a balm as well <laughs> 
Very good. I'm struggling to think of things that I didn't like about this film. I thought all the performances were great. Even Andre the Giant's, you know, how he was. I mean, was. It's, it's something else, though, isn't it? Like, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. It's, 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 it's a very unique thing. I mean, would you say you had a favourite character or performance in it? I thought um, Vizzini, the annoying, annoying man, was that was a powerhouse performance of just Baby. irritation. He was very funny. And Inigo, he was just, he, he's brilliant. I could see, you know, lots of people would, I imagine, have him as their favourite character. Lots of iconic stuff in this. Lots of fun. It's just a charming, lovely movie. You're right, it's not the best thing in the world, but I think it doesn't need to be. It just needs to be nice, and it is really nice, and it's really charming. So it's a lovely. It's a, <laughs> I've run out of steam at the end here, but it's a, re, a real good time. I really enjoyed it. I can't say much wrong with it, to be honest. Okay. Well, on that note, then, and I'm not sure if these star wipe ratings they mean what you think they mean at home, but nonetheless, Sam, your star wipe rating for the Princess Bride. For the Princess Bride, I shall be giving it four star wipes. Conceivable. You heard it here first. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swirl. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinema swirl is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinema swirl on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinema swirl on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. Oh, and if there are any bits in recent episodes that you think would make particularly nice video clips, you know, the kind of thing we've had on our socials recently, then send us a tweet and let us know. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. feel like I'm ready for a princess fucking bride. Oh, that sounded wrong. (laughs) 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 And there's your outtake.